Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. If you want, you can turn in your Bibles. Today we're going to be in John chapter 19 and uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18. So you can turn to those two places. And today, uh, like Pastor Brian mentioned, we are continuing a series called How to Live Through a Bad Day. And we're looking at the life of Jesus actually on Good Friday, the day that he went to the cross uh, and paid for our sins. And we're looking at seven statements that he made on the cross. Um, And not only on that day did he pay the price for our sin, but he also taught us how to live through a bad day. And so we've been looking at those statements and I know we are talking about, about bad days, but I wanted to celebrate a good day that happened in all of our lives this week, and that was the first day of spring. Can I get an amen from the church? Um, I went to, down to the banks yesterday with like half the city, um, and it was so good, so nice to be outside, but I wanted to celebrate that this morning. And so again, we're looking at how to live through a bad day, and our, our theme verse for this series It's from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And you'll see it on the screens. It says this, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. And this is the key phrase here. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. And today we're actually halfway through those seven statements that we're looking at. So we've already looked at three, and there's actually three more to come. But today, uh, the statement that Jesus makes is actually from the book of John, chapter 19, uh, like I mentioned earlier. And we're going to start with verses 28 and 29. It says this, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. So again, Jesus is on the cross. He knew his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, this is the key phrase there, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. And with all the power of the moment of Jesus on the cross, like the gravity of it is and what it means to us, we also see this moment of Jesus as a human, asking for simply a drink. We see the energy drain, the perspiration, all the trauma, all the blood that he shed and that he lost, and it would have produced serious, like severe dehydration. And so in this moment, we learn from Jesus and we see in Jesus, like his humanity, who he was as a human. And we also see his need and dependence on other people in his life. And scholars believe, um, if you kind of study this text, scholars actually believe that Jesus was clearing his throat to say one of the most powerful statements in all of scripture. Spoiler alert, that is to come in the, in the next few weeks. Uh, so he's actually clearing his throat with this drink um, And Jack Hadford actually says this, Jesus's plea for a drink is a reminder that no one is so in control, so spiritual, so self-sufficient that he can make it through a bad day without people 
to help him. And with these words, Jesus teaches us that when you're going through a bad day, and here's the title of the message today, be human enough to acknowledge your need. Be human enough to acknowledge your need. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much. Uh, for church. God, I thank you for every single person that's here today. And God, as we open your word and study it, Lord, would you change us? Would you do something in, in our lives? God, would we walk out of here different people because of what we learned today from you? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So when it involves relationships on a bad day, the truth is, uh, I don't know about you, but like there are naturally like healthy ways to respond to relationships. Like when we're going through a bad day, there are actually healthy ways to respond. And and that's what we're actually going to look at a little bit later today. But I wanted to go ahead and acknowledge that there are also like unhealthy ways to respond. Um, And I don't know about you, but like I've done all of these things. And so we're going to take just a moment here to kind of acknowledge what those things are uh, before we move on. And so I'm going to invite my friend Tim Kay up here. Can we give it up for Tim? And Tim's going to help help me today um, just to demonstrate our normal human reactions on a bad day. Okay, here's the first thing. We throw a pity party. That says happy birthday, but it actually should say happy pity party. Yeah, um, so we throw a pity party. So we experience a bad day, and then we just like sulk in it. And not only do we just sulk in it, but we like invite people. We invite everybody to our pity party. We got to share what's going on in our lives. And we just like sit in it and we throw ourselves um, a pity party. Here's the second thing. And this is like a personal, this is like my personal default. Um, Second thing is this, we become a superhero. This is actually a cape. I know it's your favorite color. Um... It's a cape. So we become a superhero. So we pretend, I don't know what happens to us, but somehow we go through this bad day and we forget that we're actually like a human being and we begin to think that we're a superhero and we can actually like take care of our problems on our own. We can fix any emotion. We can make anything better because like we got it. I got it. I'm a superhero. Here's the next thing. We ignore it. And we have our friend, the fanny pack here uh, to illustrate this. Did you guys know that fanny packs are like kind of back in style? Like I saw a guy like actually wearing one this week. Um, If you have the swag to rock a fanny pack, like I want to meet you after service today. Yeah, you're looking at him. Um, So... So we, we like ignore our issues. So these things happen, our bad day happens. And like, we just pretend like it's not there. So the problem doesn't actually go away. We just like put it to the side. It just stays there and we just keep going. Here's the next thing. We hide. This is where it gets a little creepy. Just keep, just go with me. Um, so we hide. It's our normal human response. So when we go through a bad day, we experience hard times. Um, you okay? Got the giggles? Um, we go through a hard time. The truth is, it's a normal response to hide. We put our mask up because we think, like, if they really knew me, they really knew what I was going through, like, they probably don't understand it. Um, or if they really knew what I did, they knew 
what was happening actually inside. Like maybe they would reject me or that shame becomes so real to us and we hide. And then here's the last thing. We let our emotions drive our life. There's a little angry emoji. And here's a crying emoji. And um, we let our emotions drive our life. Let me just say this. Emotions are not bad, right? Emotions are meant to be indicators. So it's like lights on a dashboard of a car. They're meant to be indicators to us of, of what's going on. But what can happen when we go through a bad day, especially when we're in isolation, is we can let those emotions like overcome us so much that they begin to drive our lives. They get in the driver's seat and they start making decisions for us. So our environments, our relationships, our decisions are affected by those emotions. And so we show up to life emotionally looking like this um, when we're going through a bad day. Why don't you give us like a little model twirl here? There we go. Our issues model here. Um, (laughs) We show up to life looking like this. Can we give it up for Tim? So the truth is, you've done that, I've done it, we've all been in that place. And why do we do that? It goes all the way back, we see this like at the very beginning of scripture. Um, it speaks to like our greatest fear. Greatest fear in the human heart is to be like fully known um, and then to be rejected. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. And Adam on his bad day Um, He hid from God. He says this in Genesis chapter 3. He replied, he's talking to God, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And it speaks to vulnerability, that emotional risk, the exposure, the uncertainty, speaks to that greatest fear in our heart. But the truth is, there is a way that we should respond on a bad day. And we're going to look today at the life of Jonathan and David. That's where we're going to pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 18. And just a little bit of context on their story. So David um, had just defeated Goliath. So Goliath was this giant that came to fight against the people of Israel. And David came out of nowhere um, and he actually defeated Goliath. And so we see that because he was kind of like a nobody that came out of nowhere, he actually got called to the palace Uh, to meet with the king of Israel, which was King Saul at the time, who's actually Jonathan's dad. Um, And so we'll pick it up in chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. It says this, After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. And from this story of Jonathan and David, we learn two ways to build relationships that help you live through bad days. Those are the two things we're going to talk about today. Here's the first thing. Find your people and commit to relationships. Find your people and commit to relationships. Um, We see in this text of scripture, Jonathan and David committed to this relationship. And the truth is, like what we see from scripture is they were not much, like they weren't very much alike at all. 
Uh, Jonathan was the firstborn son of a king. He lived a life of royalty. He came from wealth. He was a prince. Uh, David, like I mentioned, was the lastborn son of a farmer. He came from a life of like hard manual labor, and he was unknown to most people. And yet we see in this passage of scripture, although they were totally different, they committed to this relationship with each other. And the scripture actually says in another translation that their souls were knit together. Like God connected them together because they had this love for God. Um, And we learn from from that relationship, this principle that's so important to our lives, so important to our church. And here's that principle that life together is God's plan. Life together is God's plan. You'll hear us talk about that a lot around here. And sometimes we say like, we refuse to live life alone. Like we are so passionate about this as a church because we believe in it so much, how it changes our lives. And so we see that play out in this story. And and I want to give you today like two practical steps, two things that you can do that our church actually provides for you, um, that you can find some people. Like you may have walked in here today and you're like, I don't know anybody. There's a lot of people in here, but we we design our church in a way and it's our desire to, to create environments for you to connect with other people. And so one of those things is our small groups. Um, so... Our small group semester, our first one ever, we're about halfway through that semester. And so I want to challenge you, it's still not too, not too late to join a group. So you can still find all of those groups on our website. You can still jump in a group. Um, that's a great opportunity for you. And again, our whole like, vision behind those is that you find a place where you can like, find your people and like, connect enough with people that when like, life does get hard and you go through a bad day, that you can actually take off a mask and be real with those people. Here's another way that you can do that, and that is to join our dream team. Uh, Pastor Ryan mentioned that just a few moments ago, but our dream team, yes, is a place where like, we want you to find your purpose and find your destiny and find your calling, but it's also a great place to connect with people because when you start like serving together and when you start doing life together, Like, it really connects your heart. And so I want to challenge you, like, take those next steps. And I know when I say something like that, like, I'm a human too. Like, I know that those, like, there's some fears that rise up inside of, like, what if I don't have time? Or, like, what if it's awkward? Um, Like, what if I go to one of those things and, like, it's just weird and there's awkward silence and, like, all of those things. Um, And I just want to, like, Let's just be real about that. Like most relationships kind of start off just a little bit awkward, right? Like even your best friends, some of those relationships start off a little bit awkward, but it's worth it. It's worth it to pursue those relationships. And um, I was reminded of this in my own life. Actually, before I moved here to Cincinnati about a year ago, I spent almost a full year in the great state of Alabama, roll tide, Um, and In that time, like, I knew I was going to be there for about eight or nine months. Um, So I was there just to kind of prepare before we came to Cincinnati to plant the church. So I was going to be there, like, eight or nine months. So I knew, like, I probably need some friends, like, during this time that I'm there. And um, so I heard about this small group, and I went. They were going to have a cookout at a park, whatever. I drive in. I see all the people there, and I'm like immediately just all the like what if it's awkward what if like there's awkward silence like do I know what to say what am I going to say like what if they ask like all of those things 
And so I pull into the parking lot and I like, like park my car and I'm like convincing myself that Netflix and pizza is like the worst idea right now, even though that's what I want to do. And um, I'm like sitting there like, I am a grown woman. Like I can get out of this car. I can walk across this parking lot and I can meet some people. Um, I promise I'm social. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but it's real. Like those fears are real. But the truth is that night, um, I actually like connected with some people. And um, I'll just be honest with you, some of it was a little awkward. Um, but the truth is I connected that night with some people that are actually here in this room today. Like two guys specifically, um, Nat and Sam, and they're both like brothers to me now. And the truth is like you never know what's on, on the other side of that next step to have the courage to step out to pursue those relationships. From there, we're going to hop back into the scripture a couple chapters over in chapter 20. If you want to flip, flip a couple pages over. And let me give you just a little bit of context of what's happening. Um, so basically, after David defeats Goliath, he becomes very, very popular. He's very well loved. Like he becomes very well known in, in Israel. And that makes Saul, who's the king at that time, very angry and very jealous. And he actually tries to kill David multiple times. Um, And so the whole situation escalates and it becomes very clear that Saul, again, that's Jonathan's dad, wants to kill David. And so we pick up the story uh, in chapter 20 where we're, David and Jonathan are actually meeting and they're talking about like, what are we going to do with this situation? And it says this in verse 4, Tell me what I can do to help you, Jonathan exclaimed. And David replied, Tomorrow we will celebrate the new moon festival. I've always eaten with the king on this occasion, but tomorrow I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him that I ask permission to go home to Bethlehem for an annual family sacrifice. If he says, fine, you know all is well. But if he is angry and loses his temper, you will know he is determined to kill me. Show me this loyalty as my sworn friend, for we made a solemn pact before the Lord. Or kill me yourself if I have sinned against your father. But please don't betray me to him. And never, Jonathan exclaimed, you know that if I had the slightest notion my father was planning to kill you, I would tell you at once. So on, on David's bad day, when he's literally, his life is on the line, we learn the second principle from him of how to do relationships when we're going through a bad day, and it's this. Have the courage to take your mask off. Have the courage to take your mask off. We can be totally surrounded by people, even people that we, like, love and have a good relationship with, but when we're going through a bad day, we still have to have the courage to take our mask off. And when this happened in our story, don't have time to go through all of the details, but Jonathan encouraged David. He protected him and he defended him. He stood up for him. He pointed him to God. He promoted the destiny and calling on David's life. And the Bible actually says, verse 17, that Jonathan loved David more than he loved himself. What a picture of friendship. Um, And the truth is, Like, Jonathan couldn't have done any of that if David didn't have the courage to, like, 
take his mask off and to be honest with him about where he was at. And again, like I know that there's like tension that that can rise up when we start talking about something like this, right? Because some of you in this room, like if we're just going to be really real and honest, you've done that before. Like you've built up that courage. You've put your trust in someone. You've like been vulnerable with someone on a bad day or even just in life and they rejected you and they hurt you. And so you carry around this like hurt and pain. You've got those like deep scars. So it's just easier for you just to keep that wall up, to keep the mask on. But I want to challenge you with this principle. Getting hurt by the wrong people cannot keep us from trusting the right people. I want to challenge you, if you find yourself in that place, I want to challenge you, and I know it'll take time. Trust takes time to build, but I want to challenge you um, to do that, to have the courage to take your mask off. And um, it's really the dream of our church. It's really our heart that our church is a lot of things, but two of those things are, one, we hope that we're like one of the friendliest places in this city. Like when you come here, like you're going to get a smile. You're going to get people that are going to connect with you. You're going to get people that like will love you and accept you. Um, That welcome home is not just like a cool thing we put on a banner. It's like something we really want to be the heart of our church. And we also hope that our church is one of the safest places in this whole city. That you can come in like with whatever that looks like, whatever hurt you have, whatever pain, And I think some of you, even as I was like praying and thinking about this, I think you come in with like hurt from church, like your church experience has hurt you before. And um, I just want you to know, and I I want you to know it's the heart of this house, that we're one of the safest places here, that you can trust, that you can, again, it can take time, but that you can find a place where you can have the courage, again, to take your mask off. And as I was, again, praying and thinking about this message, I was reminded of a time in my life where these principles, like, carried me through a really bad day. Um, Back in 2017, I was on staff at a church in Texas, and um, in a phenomenal, like, church, phenomenal position, got to work with a lot of leaders, which is a huge passion of mine. And, um, but I knew it was time, it it was clear that it was time to step away from that and really begin to pursue church planning. So stepped out of that with like great excitement and great faith and, um, expected to kind of transition out of that and step into like a job pretty quickly after that, that would allow me to, again, I was moving to Alabama to prepare for church planning. But the truth is, I, like, stepped out of my job, and um, I didn't get a job for another four months. And I had a lot of, like, financial trouble that had come up, just unexpected finance finances and things that happened and I had to pay for. And um, it was a desperate time in my life. And I ended up getting a job in Alabama, and um, but it, it was a great job, and I really loved it but I got paid about half of what I made before. And so again, it was just 
like financially a really desperate time for me. Um, on top of that, I started to have like some past hurt that I had experienced. A lot of that was like church hurt um, that began to just kind of unravel in my life. And it was a good thing, but it was hard um, just to begin to, to work through some of that stuff that I'd experienced. At the same time, like my car died. I had to get a new car again. That was another financial struggle. I started having some health issues with my teeth actually. And I had to have several like emergency surgeries and Again, it was just time after time I was I was wondering, like, God, like, what's going on? And um, the, kind of the last, like, straw that broke the camel's back was I was in a, again, we were there for a temporary time, so I didn't want to sign a lease or anything, so I was looking for a host home. And I found this host home that I thought was going to be this phenomenal experience. Stepped into that host home, and long story short, it wasn't. It wasn't what I thought it would be. And um, one night on a Sunday night, in like an hour's notice, had to pick everything up and get out of that home. It was a very volatile situation. So I had to pack everything in my car, had like an hour to get out. And I remember that night, like I'll never forget it um, because of the experience that I had. But I remember picking up my phone that night and I called Pastor Brian and I just said, like, look, I don't like I don't know what else to do. Like, can can I come stay the night at with you guys tonight? And I showed up at their house and that night I was greeted with like a hug, with listening ears. They like listened, they prayed for me, they cried with me, they encouraged me. And to be honest with you, like life didn't get much easier. I ended up living with them in this, like, tiny apartment for, like, six weeks. And um, I, like, with full integrity in my heart, like, I can tell you, like, I don't know that I would be standing up here without those relationships, without those, like, people that encouraged me, that held me, like, that walked with me through that bad day. And I also know church, and I'll be honest with you, if you're going through a bad day right now, like, I wouldn't trade that at all either. Like, I have a deeper faith in God. I questioned God a lot in that time. I doubted some things because I thought, God, how could I, like, step out and do what you've asked me to do? Like, I know you've asked me to do that, and I've stepped out in faith. And, like, I'm met with all of this. So I questioned God. I doubted God. I wanted to quit and literally get in my car and drive back to Texas. Like I thought about it several times. But I had some people in my life in that time who like wouldn't give up on me. They wouldn't let me quit. They encouraged me to keep going. And my heart today, and why I share that with you is like, that's my heart for you. Is that on your bad day, like that you're not alone. That you have some people in your life who will carry you through because those bad days are coming. We can't control that, but we can control and prepare for them and invite people into our lives to help us walk through those bad days. And I want to challenge you and challenge myself today to be like Jesus. But on that hard day, on Good Friday, when he was literally hanging on a cross, that he was human enough to acknowledge his need and invited other people 
to help him. And today we've talked about like a relational principle that's super important to us, but I also, this is a spiritual principle as well. And the truth is like, we all have to come to a place in our life where we are human enough to acknowledge our need for God. That we recognize like we can't, can't go on without him. The truth is the Bible tells us that we all make decisions that separate us from God. The Bible calls it sin. We make decisions. We do things that separate us from God. But the amazing thing about Jesus is he made a way for us to, to be back with him. And on that day, on that Good Friday, when he was giving his life, he gave us the gift of grace. The fact that we could like have a restored relationship with him, that no matter what we do to separate ourselves, like we can restore that relationship. We can make a decision to bring our bad day to God, to bring everything to him. And he gives us that grace in return. It's the most amazing thing. And the bad days don't go away. But when we commit our life to Jesus, we get to walk through those with a God who is all powerful, who can change situations, who can bring us hope and peace and like eternal life, but like life here on earth too, a new life. And today we don't want to, I don't want to end this service without giving you the opportunity to respond to that gift. Like all you have to do is to receive that gift, to say, God, like I'm human enough to know that like I can't do this without you. And I want to give my life to you today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give you that opportunity to respond today. So in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And I just want to, if you'll just, as an act to say, like, Lauren, would you include me in that prayer? I just want you to slip up your hand. There's nobody looking around. Just to say yes, like, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Like, I know I'm not where I need to be. And I want to respond and I want to be included in that prayer today. On the count of three, one, two, three. Yeah, see hands all across the room. Yeah, proud of you. You can go ahead and put your hand down. You can just pray something in your heart like this. Jesus, today, like I'm admitting that I'm human enough and that I need you. So God, today I acknowledge that I've made decisions that have separated me from you. And God, today I just invite you into my life. Would you change me? Would you make me new? Jesus, today I commit to follow you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.